BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And welcome, everybody, to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Hope you're well. It's still July. It's still hot. I don't want to get into the weather. I do it every time. I know it's my shtick. It's my summer shtick. Uh, the SS, oh, maybe I shouldn't say SS uh, from a historical standpoint, but you get the idea. Um, uh, I don't want to talk about the weather today. What I do want to talk about is who we have on the podcast today. Karen Pence, the second lady of the United States. And and on a quick note for her, and, and by the way, great that she's second lady, but you know, you're second lady. You know, there's the first lady, second, at least she's not third lady of the United States. Hey, look, look, if you can become second lady of the United States, that's pretty good. First lady, phenomenal. Second lady, pretty darn good. And look at me, I'm like a 55-year-old gentleman. So what do I know about, uh, well, first of all, what do I know about uh, second ladies? Uh, but then again, what do I really know about any of that uh, put together? All right, so Karen Pence on the podcast today, uh, and we will talk about a very serious subject, actually, uh, veterans and suicide. Uh, the numbers are staggering. We're going to get to all of that uh, here in the podcast. Uh, but before we do, a uh, quick little, uh, I'm just going to say the word, promotional uh, shtick, another shtick. Uh, this time, don't forget to uh, tune in to Scott Rasmussen, Number of the Day. That's his podcast on justthenews.com or go to iTunes, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, great stuff on polling, and it's really important you understand perspective when it comes to polling in this uh, presidential campaign. Also, John Solomon reports is there, Cheryl Atkinson podcast as well, and of course, The Pod's Honest Truth, the narcissistic uh, promotion that I give on this podcast all the time uh, regarding, that's right, wait for it, this podcast. All right, when we come back, the second lady, not the first lady, not the third lady, no, right in the middle, the second lady of the United States, Karen Pence, talking veterans and suicide, back in a moment on The Pod's Honest Truth. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. And welcome back, everybody, to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Time now for our interview with Karen Pence, the second lady of the United States. We did this over on White House grounds overlooking uh, the Washington Monument. I mean, the Washington Monument was in the background. It was on the balcony of her office. It was beautiful. Uh, personally, my sweat glands and hair uh, requested that this interview uh, be done inside since it was, I don't know, 93 degrees and humid and I was like sweating. Uh, but alas, we decided to do it outside. Hey, look, great look, great background. Uh, but I just want to officially say that my hair and sweat glands 
registering the official uh, protest for the interview. But the interview itself was about a very important topic, veterans and suicide. I mean, look, these numbers are really hard to fathom. 20 veterans, roughly 20 veterans a day, I didn't say a week, a month, a year, 20 veterans a day are committing suicide. There's actually more than 47,000 suicides across America and about 6,000 of them are veterans. So if you extrapolate the numbers, it translates to basically a rate that's double that of the general population. And so Karen Pence is the lead ambassador for a program called Prevents. It's a, an executive order that the president uh, put into place last year. They have a REACH program, which has to do with reaching out to faith communities and others to help solve the problem. We get into all of that. Here is Karen Pence on the Pod's Honest Truth. Uh, Karen Pence, uh, great to see you again. Great to see you too. Uh, this is a really, obviously, very important topic and a topic that a lot of folks kind of get skittish about, don't really want to talk about. Explain why you felt this was a very important issue for you to personally get involved. You know, I was really honored, David, when the president asked me to be lead ambassador for PREVENTS. And PREVENTS stands for the President's Roadmap to Empower Veterans to End a National Tragedy of Suicide. And I'd been working a lot with art therapy for our vets, and so I knew that was like uh, really an important way to help them get over PTSD. But when I saw that he was starting up this whole initiative to come alongside our vets and help prevent suicide, mm -hmm. uh, it was just an honor to do it. So mm -hmm. uh, it was great when he asked me, and I said, absolutely, I want to do it, 100%. Mm -hmm. 20 vets a day committing suicide? 20 this a is, day. It, it, it's insane. I mean, so, so, what, so what in the world can this administration do? Because let's be honest, I mean, before this administration came on board, this has been a problem for a very long time. It has been for a long time. And actually, uh, we had a, a little meeting at uh, the vice president's residence. I had about 20 experts there because I told them, if I'm going to be the lead ambassador, I want to know what we're doing. And we kind of brought everybody together for the first time and said, what can we do? And so these are experts who talk about ways to treat vets and ways to reach out to vets. We're kind of covering the whole gamut here. Mm -hmm. But basically I saw my role as a way to say, let's end the stigma and let's start the conversation. You know, David, everybody has risk factors Sorry. for suicide, every single one of us. And so it's important to know the risk factors and then your protective factors. And so Prevents started July 7th, a new campaign called REACH. Mm. We want people to know they can reach out for help or we can reach out to someone and ask them if they need help. And one of the main points involved in the REACH campaign is letting people know their risk factors. And one of the risk factors right now is isolation. Mm -hmm. That totally. talks to all of us, mm -hmm. yes. So right now, I just feel like we have an opportunity to talk about the stigma of mental health mm -hmm. and mental illness and suicide thoughts and how to prevent suicide because all of us are dealing with some kind of anxiety or uh, pressure or fear. And so what better time to say, it's okay to say mm -hmm. you're not okay. Yeah, that, that's interesting you bring that up because it does all of a sudden take it from just, you know, you've got a problem because you're having suicidal thoughts to wait a minute, COVID-19 has upset all of our world. Exactly. And there's this fear of the unknown. 
That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. So, so tell me a little bit about the faith aspect to this. Uh, there's a faith engagement coming up this weekend. What is the administration trying to do to get the faith communities involved in this? I'm really glad you asked that because, you know, I talked about risk factors, mm -hmm. but we also have protective factors. Mm -hmm. So some of the things that protect you from suicide are having close friends, family, and also being involved in a faith community. Mm -hmm. And we see the research supports that there is a connection between people having an involvement in their faith community mm -hmm. and having less opportunity or less desire to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. And so this weekend, mm -hmm. uh, Prevents and Reach, we are asking our faith leaders to step out and in their sermons, in their discussions, in their online services, to talk about suicide and to reach out, especially to our vets, and to say, we're here for you. And what better place to go? You know, we all trust our pastor, our rabbi. We, that's someone we know we can go to and say, look, I need help. And that's really all we want. We want people to say, I need help. Mm -hmm. And one of the best things we can do to prevent suicide is to start talking about it, mm -hmm. all of us. You know what's interesting? I was reading something, 70% of, of folks uh, who are actually, um, trying to remember the figure, it was 70% uh, of folks that are in, uh, they don't even go to a VA hospital. Uh, when they're thinking about potential suicide. In other words, it's hard to track, too. I mean, there's there's also an issue of tracking. Well, that's true. And and we have one of the things that um, I've been able to do with this virtual society right now mm -hmm. to do several online phone conversations. Okay. Um, we had a great uh, phone conversation with many pastors all over the country a couple of weeks ago, July 8th. Mm -hmm. And then one of the other things I got to do last week was I got to call and talk to three vets who now work for the Veterans Crisis Line. Mm. And they were they were amazing people. Mm -hmm. And they told me some statistics that were new to me that when someone is thinking of suicide, it's usually you have to catch them within that first 60 minutes. And if you can talk to them then, mm. you can give them hope and you can give them a plan. And these are things you do have control over. And here's where you can go for help. And I heard these three vets actually who now work for the Veterans Crisis Line and they walked through this and we want our vets to know, I mean, I actually started crying because this one woman vet said, for me, this is the biggest honor that I have is to walk this path with these vets mm -hmm. and to hold their hand when they're thinking of ending their life and hold their hand until I get them actually to a place where someone is there to help them. Because the thing we've learned is suicide is preventable. Mm -hmm. It's preventable. So if we all do what we can to start the conversation, mm -hmm. we can really make a difference. You know, I believe it's about 40% of vets uh, actually uh, that, are, that kill themselves that regarding suicide, they don't actually, they're never deployed. Uh, many of them, not, not the majority, but close to the majority, 40% are just never deployed. So th this isn't just PTSD. Uh, and you come back from the battlefield and there's some issues there. It seems like it's broader than that. Well, and you know what else, David? It's yeah. not just vets. So we have, I think it, the number is like 100, over 130 people a day, Americans a day, commit suicide. Mm. So this is a conversation we want to have with everybody. Prevents, 
focuses on our vets mm -hmm. because we feel like what can we do to help our vets? Mm -hmm. They've been willing to sacrifice it all for our freedom. Mm -hmm. But the important thing is we want everyone talking about suicide and we want everyone talking about mental health. One of the things we started off when COVID first hit mm -hmm. was we had four things that we uh, told people we wanted them to do. Mm -hmm. First of all, check in with yourself every day. And how are you doing? Because mm -hmm. if you're struggling, you're not gonna be able to help anyone else. Mm -hmm. And if you're struggling and need help, reach out. The second thing was we asked people to talk about it. You know, We said, especially with your kids, talk to them and, and see what kind of issues they're having or what successes they're having. Thirdly, we said to people, well, what are some things that, you know, uh, make you feel happier or kind of calm you down? Schedule those into your day. If it's reading or gardening or cooking or praying or painting, schedule it into your day. Mm -hmm. And last, reach out if you really feel like you or a loved one need help. Call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. People are there ready to help. And you're saying that these were types of things that you were doing when COVID started because right. COVID clearly has exacerbated everything. It did, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I'm curious about how personal this is for you. Art therapy, mental illness, you're a school teacher, uh, you've been with the kids, you, you see how important family structure is. Talk to me from the heart about, about this just being an issue that that just kind of gnaws, not gnaws at you, but just kind of keeps you up a little well, bit at night. Yeah, I just have to tell you, when I when I first uh, heard about art therapy, it was in 2006. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm an art teacher. I have a master's degree in art education. I'd never heard of art therapy. I didn't have any idea what it was. But I learned that there were children. Uh, I got involved with Tracy's Kids and, mm -hmm. and art therapy program for children with cancer. And I found out that there were children who were saying, mom, when do I get to go back to the hospital? And I thought, okay, wait a minute, there's something to this. Mm. Then I started kind of researching what art therapy was, joined their board. When I was first lady of Indiana, I started learning that art therapy is used with our vets a lot. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking, well, what? tell me more about this program. And art therapists are therapists who have a master's degree in uh, mental health mm -hmm. and training. And so they do it mostly with um, with an art medium. Mm -hmm. So when you have someone who's going through a trauma, you actually have an opportunity to uh, work with them with art because the side of the brain that's injured with trauma is not the verbal side. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times kids or vets can't say, this is what I'm struggling with. Mm -hmm. And art kind of helps bring that out. And so. We've traveled all over the world, back to answer your question, yeah. all over the world. I've talked to vets in, in so many different places where they've said to me, I don't go to that dark place anymore. Mm. This actually helped me get rid of those suicidal thoughts. Mm. As we wrap up, a faith question, back to faith. The faith your faith obviously very important to you. Um, Congress has been trying for a very long time to try to solve this, you know, throw more money at it. We know it's a bottom-up approach. So, so what is... What's your message to folks in terms of the hope factor here, uh, especially as it relates to faith? Because, you know, Congress is not going to give anybody hope. This town doesn't give many people hope in terms of what Congress does. But but what can you say from a faith perspective as it relates to hope and what you want them to know about? You know, hope really is the key. And, you know, for me, as you know, I'm a Christian. Yeah. And so for me, that's where I get my hope. And um, if we can have people reach out in their faith communities, then our pastors, our rabbis can, can bring people alongside and mentor them and help them with their faith. And 
And I do think that when we're all low, sometimes the only person who's there for me mm -hmm. is the Lord. And so when you actually can uh, introduce someone to that aspect and to say, you know what, there is hope, there mm -hmm. is hope, and there is a way past this struggle that you're in right now. And that's broader than just this. It's what everybody going through COVID, as you exactly. talked about. A lot of struggles right now. Yeah, and, and, and to that end, as it relates to COVID, um, there, there are people that um, just wonder, you know, what they do, uh, what, you know, who do they turn to? And, and, and I'm just wondering how, how important that is to, to make that message very clear. You know, that's true. And I think for me, I mean, and for all of us, whenever we're struggling mm -hmm. in anything, that's what we do. We kind of uh, we get down on our knees and we say, okay, Lord, help me through this. Mm -hmm. And in my faith, you know, I believe he's in control. Mm -hmm. And so he's sovereign. And so that's where I get my hope. Yeah, and that spike, are you concerned with veterans with COVID that there might be, we might start seeing a spike here? Is, is there a concern that this is going to exacerbate the situation a little bit more? I, you know what, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I do know that there's help for our veterans. Yep. There's help for Americans. We actually have things we're putting into place. We want people to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of talking to each other and reaching out is sharing your faith. Yeah. And whatever your faith is, there's an opportunity right now to reach out and say, I get my help from the Lord. Karen Pence, thank you so much. Thank you, David. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's gonna be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. That is Karen Pence here on the Pods Honest Truth. My big thanks to the First Lady taking on a very uh, important issue. By the way, some uh, statistics uh, that, or a statistic that I didn't bring up in the interview, but I find very interesting. You, you would think when you think of veterans and suicide, you think, well, they've been deployed probably multiple times. They've seen combat, they've seen battle, and they come back and they have obviously uh, issues with that and it leads to them taking their life. And of course, that is true in, in, in many cases. But did you know that over 40%, roughly about 41%, of veterans who commit suicide actually never saw deployment, uh, which I think is very interesting. So it's not just going into a combat zone. Uh, it has a lot more, uh, it, it's more than just that. And I, and I thought that was pretty interesting. And there's a lot of studies about exactly why that is the case. So speaking of studies, I will say this, look, we're living in a COVID-19 world. Uh, suicide is up. Uh, as a matter of fact, a study released by uh, Pine Rest Christian Mental Health Services in June of this year shows that uh, calls to suicide hotlines are up 47% nationwide uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. As a matter of fact, if you go back in history and you look at the Spanish flu ep epidemic, there was also an increase in death by suicide. Uh, the rate increased dramatically back in, uh, what was it, about 1920 or so, 1918, 1919. Um, then, of course, you have SARS as well. There was a significant increase in suicide deaths back in 2003, especially among people over 65 uh, as it relates to SARS. So uh, this, is, this is a problem, folks. Uh, we have seen uptick 
upticks, uh, not ju- or an uptick, not just uh, nationally, but specifically in in certain states, it's it's really bad. Uh, Oklahoma, Michigan, Kansas, uh, all doing major studies on this, and I can go on and on regarding states around the country. Bottom line, Karen Pence doing great work, and look, isolation. Uh, God did not make us. Uh, as uh, creatures that uh, crave isolation. We don't. We actually crave, obviously, interaction with other human beings. Extremely important. That is the pod's honest truth. And what also is the pod's honest truth is that something, something must be done about suicide in this country. And guess what, folks? Newsflash, Congress is not the answer. More money is not the answer. Politicians are not the answer. The answer? Turning to Jesus. That is is the beginning of hopefully what could be, if not the end of suicide, the major decrease in what we're seeing now. Until next time, America.